Hi, friends. I'm Tierney. I'm Katie. And I'm Shelby. And we're Dead Dead Drunk. Drunk. So, hey guys, how are we this I'm, week? I'm pretty fucking good. Thanks for asking, dear me. Katie. Shelby did something super awesome this week, and she made dun, 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 a motherfucking website. That's true. Yeah, I Tell did do that. Tell us about it, Shel- so Shelby. It was really frustrating, but WordPress made it free, so that's okay. So, um, not spawns. <laughs> yeah, um... We're not sponsored yet, but <laughs> WordPress hit us up. <laughs> if you it's do a sponsorship. Okay, I was gonna call it pretty cool, but it's it's all right. I think it's pretty cool. Okay, it's if you wanna just plug it into your web browser, whichever one you use. But I hope it's not Safari, just for your sake. If you want to, it is a little complicated. It is D E A drunk crime. They just share a D. Dot um, home dot blog. D E A drunk crime dot home dot blog and it'll be linked in our show notes if you want to go look there if you're confused yep that'll have a semi-brief summary of each of our cases i don't want to say brief because nothing i write is ever brief (laughs) but it doesn't give you all of the juicy details for that you'll have to listen but it writes out the drink recipe just in case you missed it or don't have instagram because you live under a rock (laughs) or you're my mom Hi, Mom. <laughs> um, but other than that, you can go there and right on the homepage, you can listen to the website too, or to the podcast. You can listen on the website. Woo! We love that for us. <laughs> mm-hmm. And for you. Yes. I Yay. love that journey love for you. Love this journey for you. So please go on that. Tier Need did something neat last week as well. Tell he us did. about it. I just got back from Disney. Wow. I just assumed that you became a princess and just. Yeah, they hired me, and so now I'm recording from Orlando because (laughs) I'm a princess now. No, they got rid of that tattoo (laughs) rule. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, I could never be a princess because princesses apparently don't have tattoos. You fucking heathen! (laughs) Look at you, like I'm literally (laughs) tatted as fuck. I'm I'm really not. But yeah, it was super fun, and I got to live my Disney princess fantasy. So that was great. And what I did this week is super exciting. Um, Saturday, I blacked out. So (laughs) (laughs) So you got dead drunk. (laughs) No, I just got drunk. No one died that I know of. Someone might have, actually. Your brain died. Thank you. What a great segue into (laughs) this week's case. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. Shelby, what are we going to talk about? Today, I'm going to tell you the story of Sarah Paisan. Which will lead us to a serial killer. Ooh, mm. Captain Crunch. So, I'm going to tell you about our cocktail. <laughs> no, show me. Did you say Captain Crunch? You said cereal. <laughs> oh. I'm just, I'm just hungry. Um, I have to go. Goodbye. Yeah. And that's our episode. <laughs> Okay, so let's get into our drink. Shelby was super helpful. She's basically the creator of this, so shout out mixologist <laughs> Shelby. Um, so what we did is we put two different flavored, I guess, or infused ices. Most of it 
of which is food coloring. So break out that food coloring, guys. <laughs> um, we made the bottom one. We shaved the ice, actually. And then we put the purple one on the bottom, and then we put lime infused on the top. And then we made a mojito, regular mojito, but we made it purple. Yay! With the blue simple syrup. Yes, we're going to make some blue simple syrup, which is super hard to make, you know, with uh, sugar, water, and food coloring. It's really <laughs> difficult, so <laughs> just kidding. It's really delicious, and Shelby is enjoying it as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and most importantly, when you pour it over the top of the green ice and the purple ice, mm-hmm. it changes colors. And that's AKA why it's chameleon. The chameleon. So yeah, that's fun, fresh, and new. There you go. Yeah. So you could find that <laughs> recipe on our Instagram as usual, but you could also find it on our new website that Shelby created because she's awesome. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yep. Yep. Which is again, D-E-A drunk crime dot blog dot home or dot yeah. home dot blog. Yeah. Would try both. See, yeah. See what <laughs> see, comes up. See what comes up. <laughs> All right. Are we ready for the case? Yeah. yeah let's jump right in. We're going to start with Sarah's story. And in January of 1980, at the age of 19, Sarah a young mother, moved to Las Vegas, Nevada from Bullhead, Arizona. I don't know a lot about Bullhead, but Las Vegas is probably a lot more poppin' than Bullhead, I would say. Oh, yeah, you've been there. I've been there twice, yeah. Uh, My mom was like, bring your fake ID. And I was like, okay. (laughs) One of my best friends lives in Vegas. Shout out Nick. Really? From Vegas. Yeah, he's really nice. Hi, Nick from Vegas. Sarah... Being a really dope girl, immediately landed a job at Terrible Hearst Gas Station, which I've never heard of, but... I feel like that name was just horrible for business. No, it's terrible. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And she believed that her new life was falling beautifully into place, which it was, girl. There she met and befriended a new co-worker, Cheryl Ann Daniels, or Sherry, as her friends called her. The two girls share almost the exact personality, and they became fast friends. When Sherry would get off work, Sarah and the other girls would always see a car pull up as her new boyfriend, Andrew Ireland, came to pick her up. Sherry told the girls that he was a bit of a loner and didn't deal well with people, which, honestly, same. same. (laughs) Clearly falling for the man, Sherry went on to her co-workers about how generous he was and how he acted like a true gentleman and blah, 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 blah. Then one night when he picked up Sherry, Sarah noticed that Ireland was staring at her through the station windows the entire time. That's creepy. So naturally, that creepy stare made her feel really uncomfortable. But seeing that her friend was happy, she kept it to herself. Two days later, when Sherry came into work with tears in her eyes, Sarah became concerned. Of course, she asked her friend what was wrong and Sherry broke down and yelled, he's married. Then she left the station in an aggravated state. The next day... Sherry didn't show up to work. Immediately, Sarah and her other co-worker, Donna, became concerned, as Sherry wasn't the kind of person to not show up to work without any notice at all. That night, Sergeant Robert Hilliard and Detective Mike Brady of the Las Vegas Police Department came to the gas station, hoping to learn more about Sherry's work and personal life. They asked Sarah if she knows of anyone that might want to harm Sherry, and she told them all she knew including the fact that Sherry had a boyfriend and had just learned that he was married. Sarah gives the detectives the name Andrew Ireland. The next afternoon, the Las Vegas police found Sherry's Jeep abandoned in a shopping center parking lot. 
Knowing that she would never leave her car, because who would leave their car? Sherry's friends and family brace themselves for what they expect to be bad news. Oh, that's so sad. Well, if you found my car abandoned, call somebody. I will. I love my Prius. (laughs) (laughs) You're a badass car. I'm not going to leave her anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) But six weeks after Sherry's disappearance, Sarah is promoted to manager, because she's probably really awesome at her job whatever her job is right now and she was given her own gas station to manage until cherry returned this particular station was so endearingly named the armpit of the west wow (laughs) this meant that some of the customers were rougher and the gas prices were lower Mm. so in short it was the shady gas station In her new position, Sarah was issued a beeper, which would let out a shrill beep and then play the message whenever someone called her pager number. Each of these messages were received in real time, meaning that when you heard the message, that person was speaking it on the other end at that very moment. Oh, like a wiki-talkie. 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 Exactly like what you're trying to say. Yes. Thank you. This was important as the gas station chain needed to be able to contact every manager at any hour of the day. It's also important for our story. Keep it in mind for later. One early morning, Sarah is going about her usual routine, taking care of all of her managerial duties at the station when a car pulls in. She notices it almost immediately because he doesn't pull into a pump for gas. Instead, he parks and the man approached her or approaches her. I don't like that. We're going to go with present tense for most of this. He introduces himself as Robert Generoso and praises her for the good work she's done so far as the station's new manager, which Sarah thought was initially odd that he knew, but she ultimately figured that he was just a local that came by the station a lot. Generoso eventually asks her out, but Sarah denies him, saying that she has a lot going on with her recent move and her three children. Enjoying the attention, however, Sarah starts looking forward to Generoso's visits at the station. You can enjoy the attention, girl. You deserve it. Mm -hmm. It's now four months since the disappearance of Cheryl Ann Daniels. And while taking a shower in her apartment, Sarah hears her beeper go off. Mm -hmm. She hops out of the shower and wraps a towel around her to make sure she can hear the message clearly. Then a voice comes through the beeper saying, you look good in a towel. Oh, no, thank you. That is fucking creepy. So, understandably, Sarah gets pretty upset Yeah, and closes the blinds, but unfortunately, her beeper continues to go off. Oh, no. Over the next few months, Sarah continued to receive these creepy beeper messages, and just... as the time went on, they grew more and more vulgar and more terrifying. He started telling her all of the things that he wanted to do to her, meaning sexual things, but he also told her fantasies of kidnapping and torture. <sighs> All the while, she could hear him masturbating in the background. I would live at a police station. I would move into a cell, make it very homey, and just stay with the police at all times. Like, Mm -hmm. did she call the police? No, because what would she have told her? Told them. Like, she doesn't know anything. Someone's stalking her because he's saying, you look good in a towel and I want to kidnap you? They wouldn't have any proof unless they were holding the beeper and he would know that they had the beeper. That's the thing. I totally understand why she yeah. wouldn't have gone to the authorities because he's I would have tried and they could have been like, <laughs> somebody's playing a joke on you. Or even, you're lying. Like, there's or not a lot. Lying. There's not a lot they can yeah. do at this point. Oh, yeah. God. So, unfortunately, they keep coming. 
The calls escalated to coming in every four hours until one call freaks Sarah out so bad that she begins turning her beeper off. Wow. This call says, I can't wait. First, I'm going to tie you up. Then, I'm going to cut you up. No. As if that wasn't enough, Sarah then heard a woman screaming through the beeper. (gasps) Meaning that not only was someone being hurt on the other end, but he also wanted Sarah to hear it. I just got chills. I hate <laughs> My mouth is open. So she couldn't figure out who could be doing this or why, which is, again, a pretty, pretty good reason why she didn't go to the police. But as her paranoia grew, she started looking around more carefully at her place of work. And this is when she realized that her beeper number was posted clearly in her booth for anyone to see from the outside. Fuck. So out of fear, she kept all this to herself, thinking that anyone she told would consider her crazy or put her job in jeopardy. Mm. So that, too, was why she didn't go to the police. Yeah, having those small kids, too. Mm -hmm. Throughout this time, Robert Generoso, if you remember the guy who came and complimented her before, Mm -hmm. is continually visiting her at the station and continuing to ask her out on a date. Finally, Sarah tells him to call her sometime, and 15 minutes later, he calls the station to set up their date for the next night. Before ending the call, he says, I've been looking forward to this date for a very long time. The tone that he had when he said that very creepy thing gave Sarah a bad feeling, and something inside her told her not to go. Mm Mm-hmm. So she stood him up. Oh, she did? I was going to say, I feel like she probably went anyway, because... And Girls try to be nice rather than be safe. I love nah. Tyranny posted on Facebook the other day uh, something that like someone else posted. I don't know. How do you um, say that? Repost? Girls should be taught to be safe rather than be nice. Yeah, mm-hmm, I true. saw it because you reposted it and then your mom reposted it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yes, everybody. Be everybody, mean. as our crime junkie friends would say, be weird, be weird, stay alive. Mm. She stood him up for their date the next night. Instead, she stayed at the station until about 9.30 at night in an attempt to try and wait him out so that she would not run into him waiting to pick her up outside of her apartment. The next night, in November 1980, Robert Generoso shows up at the station where Sarah works in a rage. Oh, no. First, he tried to hit Sarah with his truck, but she made it into the booth, the little station. Then Generoso bangs on the station door and windows, yelling at her for standing him up the night before. Now the polite and friendly Robert was gone and replaced with a purely evil man. Two weeks after Robert's outburst at the gas station, Sarah hears a strange noise in her apartment and freaks out, as her paranoia is really on edge since the beeper calls had escalated in both number and violence. Mm Mm-hmm. Each call was now sexual in nature and would end with the man dismembering, stabbing, or shooting Sarah. One night, her beeper went off at about two in the morning, which is usually when my phone goes off if Tierney's out drinking. (laughs) (laughs) True. At first, she could hear whimpering noises coming from the beeper, which she could later tell was a woman. The whimpers turned to screams, and Sarah started to hear the sound of chains which she believed he was using to beat this woman. That's all she heard. The next night, Sarah went into work at the gas station and gets a call from her mother. Her mother tells her that the Las Vegas Police Department just called her and told them that she had been linked to a homicide. No. 
Oh my God. I think I know where this story is going and I just got chills. The next call Sarah got at the station was from Detective Brady, who tells her that she's in grave danger and he advises her to get out of sight and stay hidden until they arrive. In a state of panic, Sarah calls her babysitter to tell her to lock all the windows and doors and then hides in the back office of the gas station. When the Las Vegas Police Department finally show up, they tell her the terrible news that she has been expecting for six months. They finally found the body of her friend and co-worker, Cheryl Ann Daniels. Please don't tell me what I think is going to happen. Hilliard and Brady tell Sarah that at 6 p.m. that day, they found Sherry's body, dumped in the appropriately named Hellhole Canyon. Brady next tells her that she had been raped, brutally tortured, and murdered. Oh my God. Then he tells her that a wallet was found at the scene with Sarah's name and home address inside. No, no, oh no. Oh my God. Next, the detectives took Sarah back to the police station, and they give her what looks like a big photo album of mugshots to look through. They ask her if she recognizes this man, at which point she asks what they mean, as there are so many different pictures in the binder of a man that looks white and then on the next page looks Hispanic, and that's when Detective Brady tells her that this is all one man and that they believe that this man is going to try and kill her. I have so many body chills right now. Oh my God. So he's like Ted Bundy almost. Like he would change his appearance to like almost become a different, is that why they call him the chameleon? That's why they call him the chameleon. That makes sense. But also, he's not just like Ted Bundy. He would not use his name. He would change his name with every appearance, but he has probably the same body count as Ted Bundy. Oh my god. We don't know all of his victims, but he claims to have a similar body count to Ted Bundy. Oh my god. Which we wouldn't know cuz he had so many aliases. Anyway, flipping through this book, Sarah eventually finds a picture of Robert Generoso. No. And finally, the picture that looks like Andrew Ireland. Holy oh. shit. So they were the same person. Mm-hmm. That's spooky as piss. How do they have all of these pictures of him? That I'm not sure of. Mm-hmm. They may have collected them from, Was I he like getting arrested for like minor things maybe? Maybe. And they, weren't, and okay. they had all these mug shots and they eventually related it to this guy. I really hate this. The police tell Sarah that they believe this man is one of the most brutal and sadistic serial killers that they had ever come into contact with. They then told her that this man had beaten and raped Sherry several times before shooting her in the head and discarding her body in the desert. Did he dismember her like he said in all of the calls? No. Oh, well, that's good. Wait, was she being held captive or was it multiple people? After hearing this, Sarah believes that the woman she heard over the beeper was Sherry. Yeah, all the hairs on my head were standing up. I I wouldn't know what to do with myself if, like... (laughs) I don't feel okay. I'm not okay. Sorry, guys. (laughs) I'm gonna drink the chameleon. (laughs) Detective Brady then explains that this man is Stephen Peter Morin. Stephen Peter Morin, a drifter from Rhode Island, is believed to have begun his career as a serial killer as early as 1969, at the age of 18. Wow. We went to the moon in 1969. (laughs) 
Morin would find names on tombstones that were around his age and then send for their birth certificates. And because it's the 70s and the 80s, nobody did any actual checking. Over the years, he accrued many new aliases this way. He would go by Edward C., David Penny, or Ray Constantine, in addition to those few that we've already mentioned. He changed his look, style, and name so many times that he earned the nickname... The The Chameleon. Chameleon. (laughs) From the police and remained virtually invisible to investigators for almost a decade. Wow. Until some dude was looking at all these files. He was just like, hold the fuck up. (laughs) Mm -hmm. This is all one guy. Uh That's crazy. He had to be on some shit. I would have loved to be in the room when they figured that out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it was that meme that's just like... (laughs) <laughs> the sp- SpongeBob. The SpongeBob caveman. That's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just Hilliard and Brady going, "What? <laughs> Are you serious?" <laughs> but after she heard all of these horrible things, Sarah immediately decided to move her children somewhere safe because Same. she's a great mom. <laughs> we love you. Sarah drops her children off at the babysitters and asks her friend Sally, who was a bad bitch, she wanted somebody intimidating with her, to help her grab her stuff from her apartment. When the two women arrive, Sally grabs Sarah's hand tight after noticing that the front door is slightly ajar. Nope. She then mouthed, get in the car, and the two run to the car and drive away. Did they check the back seat? Did they, wait, did they get her children? The babysitter had her children, so her children are fine. But what Sally noticed and told her is that Stephen Peter Morin was inside. She said, quote, he was in there. I heard him. He was behind the door. No. Uh, Oh, my God. Thank God for Sally. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Sally. Yeah. You're going to have yourself a bad bitch friend Mm -hmm. to come with you at all times. I have so many chills during this story. <laughs> Holy moly macaroni. <laughs> so the police came to investigate the scene and make sure it's safe. But they discovered that Morin had in fact been waiting in a chair right behind the front door. What the fuck, Nuggets? Mm-hmm. So did they go in and find him sitting there? No. They found what he left because... He had already vacated the premises. Oh, like he knew that they... What the Mm -hmm. fuck did he bring with him? Well, he didn't bring that much. But while he had waited, he went through Sarah's address book and left her with no options to run to. So she went back home to stay with her mother. Even though he would have that address. But, you know, if you go to your mom... I would check into a hotel, I think. Yeah, I, I would move in with the police times two. Like, I would literally just... I would get on a plane mm-hmm. and just... Fly anywhere. Literally anywhere. Holy crap. At this time, in early 1981, Detective Brady has four murders with a single connection. 15-year-old Kim Bryant is dead from blunt force trauma to the head. Linda Jenkins had been beaten, strangled, and dumped in the desert. 22-year-old Sheila Griffith was strangled. 18-year-old Susan Balot was strangled and dumped in the desert. And finally, Cheryl Ann Daniels. Only one detail connected each victim. They were all kidnapped from Las Vegas and murdered within the space of a year. Within a year? Mm-hmm. So he was keeping them. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why I'm making... I sound like a door being creeped open. Like, I'm just like... Uh. 
like Tina from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> no, but seriously, this is probably super fucked up. Like, not probably. Probably, this is, uh, yeah. <clears throat> this is why I'm, like, turning into a door because I just cannot be a human <laughs> right now. That is really fucked up. So they knew that they were linked, but they were not yet aware that the same man had committed all of these horrific acts. I hate this. Luckily for Sarah, God decided to intervene. Thanks, God. In the early morning hours of December 11th, 1981, in San Antonio, Texas, Morin shot and killed 21-year-old Carrie Marie Scott in front of Maggie's restaurant, her place of employment. Mm-hmm. Apparently, Carrie had interrupted Morin while he was in the process of stealing her car. Oh, how dare she? <laughs> he had the audacity, Carrie. I'm just kidding. You, you were good. Morin later claimed that he never intended to kill her and had even pleaded with her to leave him alone. But then he says something came over him and his gun went off. Yeah, I'm sure it went off by itself. Fucking douchebag. Later that day, he abducted Margaret Palm from a local shopping center and tells her to drive him to a bus station in Kerrville, Texas. If I'm saying that wrong, somebody from Kerrville, correct me. <laughs> Hit us up. Because I know we have so many <laughs> listeners in Kerrville. Yeah, what up, Kerrville, Texas? Shout out. Morin planned to travel from there to Houston, Texas. The two drive around for 10 hours until Margaret prays and Morin plans his escape. He doesn't kill or even attempt to do anything to Margaret, but instead gives her a chance to escape. Before she leaves him at the bus station, Margaret gives him her book of psalms. The same book of psalms that the police find him reading when they pull up to finally arrest him. At the time of his arrest, Morin was a suspect in 37 violent crimes. Okay, fuck. Spanning from coast to coast. Oh, so it wasn't just in Vegas? He... No, I mean, he's a drifter from Rhode Island. Oh, yeah. He went everywhere so from sea to shining sea from sea to shine i hate the sing <laughs> sea that was the creepiest way to sing it <laughs> pete torres morin's defending attorney says that he never discussed those cases unless they came up during the trial and even then he was unclear when discussing them so he He pulled in Israel keys, and he wasn't really talking about anything. According to Morin's close friend, Patricia Murray, Stephen was involved in an awful lot, but he told me he honestly had no recollection of any crimes he may have committed. It is as though that whole part of his life has been blanked from his memory. Hmm. Does that sound familiar? Because we've definitely heard it before. Yeah. Morin withdrew all appeals and pled guilty to the 1981 murder of Carrie Marie Scott. Though he is not convicted for the murder of Cheryl Ann Daniels, Morin is later convicted of the killings of Jana Bruce of Corpus Christi, Texas, Sheila Whalen of Golden, Colorado. And I think that's it. That he was convicted of. Wow. Yeah. I hate that. During his time on death row, the serial killer led a Bible study and even earned a degree in biblical teachings. According to his close friends, he was also looking forward to his execution date huh. and served as an inspiration to his fellow inmates on death row. Mm. On March 13th, 1981, 37-year-old Morin is brought in for his execution by lethal injection 
after struggling for 40 minutes to find a vein due to Morin's extensive drug abuse. Hmm. A medical technician finally managed to slip a needle into his arm at 12.44 a.m. Stephen Peter Morin was pronounced dead 11 minutes later. You ready? This was his final statement. Heavenly Father. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) Fuck this guy. (laughs) Heavenly Father, I give thanks for this time, for the time that we have been together, the fellowship in your world, the Christian family presented to me, He then called the names of the personal witnesses. Allow your Holy Spirit to flow as I know your love has been showered upon me. Forgive them for they know not what they do as I know that you have forgiven me as I have forgiven them. Lord Jesus, I commit my soul to you. I praise you and I thank you. Sarah is now in her late 50s. She lives along the coast of Southern Oregon she published a book about her horrifying experience with Morin in 2013 titled Sarah's Story, Target of a Serial Killer. I highly recommend. That's a really great story. Also, if you want to watch this rather than hear this, there's an investigation discovery show called Obsessed, and it's the first episode called Paging Sarah. I just got chills on you, so I feel like I have more chills than I've ever had in my entire life during yeah, we're listening just, to yeah. the story. Tierney and I are just like making eye contact, shaking like we're sitting <laughs> on a washing machine. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're in one of those massage chairs. Like, <laughs> that's, that's less creepy, thank you. If you're oh. also wondering why the focus was mostly on Sarah, just try and Google Stephen Peter Moran. There's hardly any information on him out there. That's so interesting. Why is that? Probably because he had 90 different surnames or not surnames, oh, yeah, like yeah. just names overall. I think that's why. You mm. could probably search each one of his names and come up with a police report. Yeah. But If you do that, hit us up. <laughs> yeah, if you have more, if you think I should have more, let me know because this was, this was the best I could find. And honestly, I'm I love, I I love Sarah's story. We love you, Sarah. We do love you, Sarah. if you're listening, please contact us. Yeah, at deaddrunkpod. <laughs> no, deaddrunkpod at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah please seriously. contact us because Sarah was a... Bad Sarah bitch. is a bad bitch and yeah. probably a wonderful mom. Could have had a bad bitch. <laughs> sorry. sorry. But sorry if you need more music. reason to watch that investigation discovery show, she's in it. She tells you the story. I'm ready. Mm -hmm. All right, so I know what I'm doing tonight. I'm going (laughs) to curl up with my kittens, and I'm going to... Watch the investigation. (laughs) Watch investigation discovery. (laughs) Obsessed paging Sarah. Yes, that. I feel like I'm definitely also a fangirl, so if I like hear the story and then I see them, I'm like, oh my god, that's them! It's them! It's really them! Oh yeah, I was really excited to see her and see first that she was alive. Yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. and hear her tell her side of it. Mm-hmm. And you can see her, too. You can see that she, she really struggles with parts of the story. Yeah. Like when she's talking about how afraid she was for her children and well, when yeah, the news of Sherry parents. dropped, you know. And that was crazy. I also looked all over the web to try and find if he was convicted of Cheryl Ann Daniels because, I mean, clearly. Yeah, he, yeah. But I couldn't find anything that said that he was. I actually found conflicting reports that said that he was and that he wasn't, but more of them said that he wasn't, so. Hmm. Yeah. That's whack. Yeah. So why people gotta put out wrong information from fake ass hoes? Well, again, it's really hard to search a guy that has 400 names, so. Yeah. <laughs> True. That's crazy. Oh, I love the story. Nice job, Shelb. Yeah. Thanks. That was great.
Um, what's our caboose today? Okay, so this is just what popped into my head. If you wanted to get to know somebody on a first date, yeah, I'm jumping off of that City of Pod episode. <laughs> what would you ask them to really get to know if this was the person you wanted to date? Oh, fuck. If you were on a desert island. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I could tell you what I think I would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't because I'm not good at first dates and a free dinner is just overwhelming for me and excitement. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm really bad on first dates. But I think a really good question to get to know somebody is what character in a movie, TV show, or book do you relate to the most? Yeah, I like that one. I wrote my college essay on that question. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's a prompt anymore for the college essays, but at the time you could relate yourself to any character. And Wait, can can I take a guess? Sure. Hermione? No, that would be a really good one though. I love that. Belle? No. Oh my god. It's not a girl. It's not a girl? No, but it's one of my favorite movie characters of all time. Uh, tell me. Kevin McAllister from Home Alone. Oh, of course it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I got into college. I didn't get rejected from any of them. So like, <laughs> I, my teacher at the time was like, I'm going to take a copy of this to show people in the future because it's so good. I'm like, wow. Mine's pretty lame. It's Your like question? very, very known. And a lot of people ask this. If you were to die after this date on the way home, what would be your biggest regret of not doing or something that you've done? Oh my gosh, you just asked them, like, what if you die in a horrible car crash right <laughs> yeah. after this? Yeah, basically. <laughs> and then they're, if they can deal with me, I'm just like, yes. If they don't leave immediately without answering that question, I'm just like, absolutely. That's pretty smart. We should all bring up death on the first <laughs> yeah, right? Who's your favorite serial killer and why? <laughs> Do you think Adnan Syed is guilty? <laughs> That's yours. <laughs> have, you ever heard of, have you ever heard of Israel Keys? Because you should. And just talk about that for four hours. Now. What are your feelings on Israel Keys? Can I just let you guys know? No, uh last time i was in england shout out jack um i went to a bar because i was really drunk and i just looked at him and i walked out because this is who i am as a person like obviously i meant follow me but he didn't get that yet he does now but um i went to a bar and he was just like oh what's that accent i'm just like what up i'm from new york and he's just like oh awesome i'm thinking about being a camp counselor in upstate new york and then i was just like well have you ever watched um you know that whole freddy krueger shit Cause like you should, and then like, I told him about that and how many actual like campground murders happen, and he was really freaked out. You changed that guy's entire life. I did. <laughs> <laughs> and then he watched Jack and I get immensely drunk, and then he asked me to be his girlfriend, Jack, not the bartender. Mm-hmm. And then I was just and like, you ordered what three shots? <laughs> yeah, he was just like so. Like I was thinking we could just be like together, and I was just like, yeah, you know how I just talked about death and stuff. Can I have like four shots? And he was just like, what? And I was just like, yeah, I'm going to need some drinks before I decide this. <laughs> I don't know what my question would be. And maybe that's why I'm single. <laughs> Shut up. But so, like, I was thinking like, what's your favorite book? Because I need somebody that like that is reads. an intelligent person and reads because of, yeah. But then I was also thinking like, what is your like biggest goal because you like I've personally dated people in the past that aren't very driven people or like talk to them and I feel like that's a problem I need somebody on my intellectual level 
So if any boys are interested, <laughs> you also have to think that Adnan, Ad, I can't say his name. Adnan Syed is innocent. Yeah. So if you think that he's innocent and you read, hit me up. Standards Princess are Tierney really 13. high. <laughs> Your standards are just over the moon. It feels like something really easy to come to, though. I'm also pretty sure he's innocent. So Yeah, no, obviously. If you want us to do an episode on Anand Syed, I would absolutely love to. It will be three <laughs> hours long, and I might cry during it, but it's okay. It would just be Tierney talking and us eating popcorn and watching her. <laughs> yeah. I would just go through like an emotional roller coaster, yeah. and you guys would be watching. Tierney's crying. She's bright red. She's on her knees, and we're just like, eating popcorn and being like wow this is a really good episode <laughs> rabia chaudhry if you're listening come on our podcast <laughs> but yeah. um yeah those are all, all good right. questions yeah i think maybe I'll, I'll use them and find myself a boyfriend hit me up i don't know what you're <laughs> waiting for if you haven't done it yet <laughs> all right um bye mom bye, bye mom
share that D. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, like one porn comes up and like, oh, no! <laughs> we should look that up and make sure it's not like malware virus it's on my computer heck em. <laughs> just kidding we love you and you need your computer to listen to us so are you ready to dive on in yeah let's yeah. dive on in folks <laughs> yeah I don't Get know on. what accent that was. It was Australian. like New Zealand. I, I went well, for it too. <laughs> I was trying to do Australian. I don't really know what I happened. I listened to a really cool podcast today. It was Australian. When I was in Disney, I convinced a group of people into thinking I was from Ireland. So that was fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Tierney's Some guy called me a Mick and I was like, he believes me. <laughs> <laughs> You're so excited about the slur. <laughs> yeah. So, I ordered... Um, Three Irish car bombs. <laughs> Disney will do those. Oh yeah, Disney goes hard. I don't know if you've ever been there, but fuck. Disney goes hard. I haven't hard. been to Disney World since I've been able to drink. So I had a shot. Um, so basically, we met these people. Um, because I was dressed as Elsa, and they complimented me, but it's fine. Um, and we started like drinking with them, and we got to Morocco, and the guy was like. We need to take a gasoline shot. And I'm like, I'm sorry. What? I'm like, okay. But I'm thinking in my mind, like, oh, it has to be some kind of like mixed shot if it's called. It's Disney- you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it's Disneyland. It's, it's not Disney. they're gonna feed you gasoline. Well. We go and he's like, Do you guys still have the gasoline shots? And the guy's like, Yeah. <laughs> oh god, that's so never he puts good. out two like glasses, like not shot glasses, like glasses. Oh my uh-huh. gosh. I want to say it was like a triple shot of just straight white, like clear liquor. And I have no idea to this day what it was, but it fucked me up. And ever since Morocco, I don't really remember the rest of that day in Epcot. You did stop texting me after that. I don't know where you went. I went around the world. You turned into cars or is that Universal Studios? I know I ended up on the Frozen ride screaming, let it go. (laughs) And because I realized there were no other children on the ride, and I was like, fuck yeah, let's fucking let it go, bitches. <laughs> oh, God. Anyway. Elsa's just standing in the corner looking at Tierney, like, girl, you st- should have stayed in your room. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. to Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> it was Morocco. Oh, Mexico was the first one. You're right. I should have I did see a Snapchat later that day. It was just Tierney. Like, she went to, like, tw- she posted at least 13 different drinks. Yeah. And the last one was just, like, Mexico. Are we oops? <laughs> <laughs> when Tierney is drunk, she's the most sassy person I've ever met. Were you, like, was that picture you sent me of Anna and Elsa from Inside the Ride? Mm. she doesn't remember see okay i sent you a picture of anna and elsa <laughs> yes and it was just titled us that was all you sent me <laughs> i have no recollection of that at all <laughs> then that was from the ride that's amazing <laughs> but i believe that i did that like that sounds like something i would do i just don't remember it was all. amazing and it made me so happy so thank you yeah. Yeah. thanks I- drunk tierney drunk me well, <laughs> when she comes in a little bit, I, you know what? For our caboose today, I should have caboose. Why can't I say that word? Because it's coming soon. I should explain the evolution of drunk knee. Mm, yeah. For the people out there that don't know. 